Hello and welcome to another episode of Corpse Talks where I talk about anything and everything of interest to me, whether that be political, economic, social, technological, legal, environmental, cultural, you name it, I'll, I'll speak about it. And we're going full steam ahead with another review of a wonderful event I attended at South Bank Centre featuring the one and only Sitsi Dangaremba, Zimbabwean author who um, was raised between Dover and Zimbabwe and attended Cambridge University for a while but I believe dropped out after and um, has been between many different places Zimbabwe, Germany and in England throughout her life and she has recently written a non-fiction book uh, called Black and Female which you can imagine is a very strong title um, she says that she didn't pick that name, her agent picked that name. And I found her interesting, I found her statements about her, um, her agent very interesting, but we'll get on to that later on. Um, it was a afternoon event, it was really lovely, very intimate. Um, it was in the level five function room at South Bank. So, you know, it's like chairs and it overlooks like the London Eye. It was very sunny, so it was lovely to see her. She was being interviewed by the one and only Arenason Okoji who came equipped with so much knowledge to interview her and um, boy did they have a great conversation and it's funny because it was not too much in contrast to like the Jamaica Kincaid and Paul Mendes event I attended on Friday because that was a conversation between someone who is a bit older being interviewed by a kind of I would say black British author who isn't I feel like there is a very interesting relationship between up the Americas, um, Europeans and Brit Brits, and and the Caribbean and Africa itself, in terms of blackness being conceived differently in these places. But I always just observe that black British authors tend to be very um, knowledgeable about other authors, and there's a. There's a, there's a critique that we've inherited, I think, from being conditioned by Britishness, the way we ask questions, and it's not like a bad thing, it's just something I've observed, we're very particular with how we ask questions, our questions are always focused on, like, how do you survive the racism you've dealt with, and I felt like Jamaica when she was answering that question from Paul, obviously I'm, 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 I'm paraphrasing, she was just like, I just did. I don't really have a choice. There was a humility that she had that was shared by Sitsi in a different way because, as I said in the previous episode, Jamaica was very cavalier, very flippant, very humorous. Sitsi was much more serious, but again, it was that still, it was still that shared humility of like, I'm just producing work and I'm not really thinking too much about it. You know, I'm writing this story and it's it's unique and original to you because you're not used to this canon, but this is just my life. And again, I've said this to people before, like, I, I, I kind of feel the same, like, I don't feel very poignant, I don't feel very important or impactful. I'm realising in the grand scheme of things, it is. And Sitsi was very um, um, stringent in her, I guess, upbringing, because, like I said, she ended up at Cambridge University and she took a leap of faith in becoming an author, but also, like, a political rights activist. Like, she's currently 
undergoing legal proceedings in Zimbabwe and she's moved back to Zimbabwe to protest like things like land reform and she's very involved in the legal and political climate of a country that someone someone would argue she doesn't need to be in because she is this person who could have just been this western born and raised Cambridge graduate and so I liked hearing how she's infused these politics into her work in this non-fiction work in particular because she admits that she was primarily in the the fiction world of like nervous conditions and this small body and she wanted to demonstrate different types of uh, characters who again are not really favoured by society for whatever reason due to age, due to um, appearance, due to lack of desirability, lack of seniority, you know, we don't want to hear what you've got to say because you're a black girl or you're an older black woman and like this just makes you unnecessary to society and might I add by the way all these events I've been going to everyone looks really beautiful in person like I don't know maybe it's just the sun glossing off of black skin or whatever but people just look really gorgeous but yeah let me let me continue on so yeah Sitsi was um very controlled in how she spoke about I think even the politics of the industry um and having had these works delayed for so long because people just didn't think that you know who wants to hear a story like that thank god she's literally just the other day if she's not yesterday she spoke about how literally having her work translated into Shona which is a Zimbabwean language for the first time one of her books I think it was not Nervous Condition she said which is crazy because she wrote that book ages ago so it just goes to show you how bureaucracy can really limit creativity but she's always had this imagination on her of having to tell these stories in no particular way until she got a bit older and I guess she's seen the more commercial side to the world and um, inherited an agent who is made way more aware of what the market requires and has positioned her in a way to write a a book like Black and Female and have it be full of speeches that she will... um, that she will have already shared before but also has a lot of focus on today's themes so she even spoke about like how one of her chapters is filled with a lot of commentary on Rene Edelodge's um, discourse which again is so important like so recent so contemporary which is like in contrast to Jamaica who spoke about not really reading a lot of contemporary literature because you know different strokes for different folks you know what where you take your literary education in whatever form you inherited it as whether that be experientially or academically it it's all up to you you can become a professor you can become a phd holder you can become a teacher you can just vanquish all of it and do another career and write on the side you can become a full-time journalist you become an influencer a journal influencer whatever you want to do you have to do it right but it's always interesting to hear how older black women navigate their success because there's um a measuredness there that I think our generation doesn't have you know we're quite egotistical basically because it's very instant gratification it's very hey look at what I did announcement culture whereas these women are men um and I say men too because attending Edward Edenfall's event kind of consolidated to me that this isn't particularly a gendered issue it's just that a lot of black people don't get the um, opportunity to tell their stories because unfortunately fatalities do occur I feel like ageism is becoming a really um, eminent theme in all of the um, events I'm attending particularly because most of the people that are being interviewed are over 
um, are over 50. So there's, and, and unfortunately, there is a mortality in our community whereby, you know, sometimes we don't get to that age. So who gets to tell the story? Somebody else. It's not fully accurate. It's a fib. It's a lie. It's not conclusive. It's impartial. It's not impartial. You just don't get to know. Whereas having these individuals come to the forefront and say, no, this is exactly how the story happened for me was really interesting. You know, um, Sitsi spoke about, you know, reading Enid Blyton when she was young and like seeing gollywogs in her, in her books and being called a pickaninny and all these kind of things. You're like, oh my God, like these is not so far removed from what we experience today um, because at the end of the day, Zimbabwe in particular has a very particular particular imperial history that um raises to the uh raises to the um core what what conversation should we be having about blackness and race you know one woman from the audience was talking about herself as being a white Zimbabwean and having her um belief that you know a black Zimbabwean should be able to tell her story without the validation of white people and then her saying, and then Sissy saying, it's not about your validation, it's about money, it's about capital, because Sissy's also a filmmaker, so she's trying to explore different mediums, and is struggling to, because she doesn't have the capital, or the money, and people think, oh, you know, black capitalism will solve that, that, that there's no obstructions here, but there is, you know, finance, financing matters, if not for the project you're on, but also for yourself, you need to have money to live, you know, let's not lie, like, a lot of the time, even from Edward Enninfall and Michaela Cole's conversation, from what I've read, um, both of them were mentored or had a lot of support from people who had access to things. Because at the end of the day, when you're of a minority um, heritage or culture, unless you've got it for yourself, no one is going to give it to you, right? No one is going to give it to you. I'm going to take it. You're going to build it on your own, which is why I really do rate, like, youtubers who essentially built platforms on their own and i stress youtubers because there's a difference between you using your own acumen whether it's your personality your skills your um talents to produce a following versus someone else putting you on which is what you're seeing in like a lot of um the influencer slash pr um spaces which i'm not talking about i'm talking about the organic talent being developed organically online that is obviously harder to prove now because of all the um mitigating actors but if there's anything i'm learning from what sissy said like a political education of your country matters when you're writing literature um whether it's fictional or non-fiction and that sharing expression it is key to growth in a way that i think a lot of us doubt because we're constantly thinking, firstly, fearfully, but secondly, we're also like, oh, yeah, my voice is not valid, and oh, there's so many people that sound like me, and, like, she she made a scathing statement about, like, the essence of mediocrity, about how often she's heard stories by black people, particular black women, being posited as, you know, groundbreaking and, and phenomenal, when they're actually really mediocre and really boring. And she has, like, this theory that it's almost like um, a, a design to, to to not actually have the, the voices that challenge 
that the 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 norm be uh, platforms you know when you've awarded mediocrity nothing changes but when someone rocks the boat makes people uncomfortable shifts the tone to another um to another uh place or time then suddenly you're like oh wow no this 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 can be disrupted, this can be changed, this can be a force for good, and that starts with art, that starts with literature, that starts with film, and that exploration is there, you know, somebody who likes to go to a lot of exhibitions and galleries, I don't memorise most of the names of the people there, because I don't know about art, fine art, wasn't raised with it, I'm aware of it only to the degree that, you know, if something really sticks out to me, and then it's reinforced later on, I'll probably become more familiar with it but I couldn't tell you the names of these people the same I couldn't tell you the names of filmmakers that means the most I can tell you is like the names of authors like that's it and even then not that many because the, the focus for a lot of these industries is even not to be client or customer facing you know people in the background people are artists they're creating art they want you to look at the art they don't want to necessarily be seen you know I never really was that person who would google someone I was reading because I'm like I don't give a damn who you are I don't give a damn who you, how you look I just want to read what you want to produce but from what I'm learning it's really important to find out why writers do what they do who inspires them you know every time I'm at these events the person interviewing will always ask so what do you read who do you read and I'm like wow like why are you asking that but I get it because it helps inform you what you should be um doing not necessarily in terms of content but in terms of purpose or voice because she made that analogy as well that content and voice are two different things you know what you want to say is 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 substance but how you say it it kind of reminds me of like the procedural law that we focused on and the substantive law she spoke about the cognitive ability to write is not the same as the emotion you know, when you want to express, you want to be free, you want to put everything out there, it might not come out and emerge in the form that you expected it to. But that's not a bad thing. That's just an emotional piece. The cognitive piece is, you know, structure, form, grammar, these kind of things. And she says she struggles with, like, the emotion sometimes because she's so cognitive. So it takes a lot of reflection, it takes a lot of mediation, it takes a lot of practice and reading. You know, it's really nice to hear about um, people who are a bit older writing because sometimes you think you've got to say everything you can when you're 20 or 30 and I don't feel that way anymore because sometimes I don't have anything to say and I'm like okay that's okay now like there are people out there who are top of my age who still are struggling or haven't had anything to say so yeah I'm enjoying this journey I am in of learning how to express I want to say but in the way that's healthy comfortable uh, respectful or challenging disruptive and dangerous like whatever theme I want to go with I should be allowed to do that with that freedom to write but I guess in our aging generation might not even be like that because from what Sissy's dealing with you know from a, um, a politically um unbalanced country like Zimbabwe it can really actually lead you to material harm and it's not even limited just to Zimbabwe it's very much in Europe too and the UK because we're in a climate of people really challenging 
what people are allowed to say, how they're allowed to say it. And whether it's in keeping with the status quo. So I won't talk too much. Um, I will try and do another episode soon because I've got a few more events next week. And uh, if anything else comes to my mind regarding the events I've just attended, I will be sure to share them. But in the meantime, thank you for listening. I've had a fantastic Sunday. Didn't even rest, but honestly, no regrets. I was so tired. I was like, oh, let me leave it. Let me leave it. So glad I didn't. So, yeah, I've had a wonderful weekend and hope that I'll be able to have another one next week. So, yeah, thank you for listening. Take care of yourself. Hopefully next episode will be more political, economic or something. We'll see. But, yeah, bye.